0: This is Family Electric Ghost, and this is our continuing series of song deconstructions that we do on Anchor. And uh, we're going to talk about a song that we wrote a couple days ago called Ravished by a Little Death. And I have a a love of Victorian romantic poetry. And the type of poetry um, uh, that this is, is very. It it fits in with the whole expansive sound motif. I I do a lot of William Blake references. I do Tennyson references. And I'm just describing for the first time, probably something you've heard Josephine say a lot in a lot of famous ghost songs, is that concept that Tennyson came up with called uh, Little Death. And Little Death is a Victorian poet's way of talking about an orgasm um, in a more (laughs) uh, less, uh, way. Um, but yeah, the Victorian poets would always try to mask, you know, sexuality and, and all kinds of you know, flowerly language. And, uh, the little death was, uh, maybe not as much, uh, a flowerly language, but the idea that having an orgasm kind of takes a little part of you it actually causes like a little death in the, in the, in the, in the body. And that was their way of describing it. Um, Which kind of makes sense given the the morality at the time, uh, and sexuality was always controversial, and so this is a way of talking about it without being so blatant of saying, "Oh, I want to, I want to do you or," if you want to be kind of really explicit, is another way of saying that you want to, you know, make love to somebody in another way, and so the Little Death is. what Josephine's talking about, and she's ravished by it, and she's totally enamored by it, and she is just celebrating sexuality, which Josephine electric you know, my ego, you know, my character, I create tends to really go there. And this song, um what I've done with it is I've have a new um a new version of Josephine's voice that was Created via uh, the VTO three um, Voicoder from from the Aria line from Roland, and I was playing with um, the kind of the the typical um, Voicoder setting, which is not always what I use. It's more like robotic type of uh, heavy a voice coder use rather than more pitch use, which is normally used for vo- vo- Josephine's vocal as a pitch um, change to a soprano level. This is actually doing a more robotic voice. And then I have it heavily affected by uh, my MX-1 mixer, running through different profiles on the MX-1 and also different profiles on the Zoom R24. So I started to really investigate a lot of the sonic settings on the R24 and uh, I've been really diving into the capabilities there on top of the capabilities of the VTO3 to change the pitch, to change uh, the format and you know, the reverb and other settings that created this kind of maxed uh, robotic voice that's not normally uh, associated with Josephine. Um, so you could say, was well, this really Josephine, is this Stephanie, or is this the Phantom? I'm not sure. I still tagged it as a Josephine track, because it still felt like who she is. Uh, but it's a different vocal style than what I've done. I've done some robotic um, type of vocals on some songs uh, in the catalog. Um, but this song was a, a very experimental because I was using a different technique uh, for the vocal. And um, the piano playing was just kind of ad hoc, kind of free jazz, just flowing uh, on top of um, the drum beats. I typically create through the Arturia Beatstep Pro and the JDXI, which I like to do the chain patterning pattern capability and play with the with the timing of the of the rhythm tracks, and then sometimes they shift around the chain pattern randomly or do the roll control. Uh, at different points in the mix. So there's a lot going on here. There's, there's a DFAM in the mix, drumming uh, from another mother being used for bass tones. There's a System 1M being triggered also by the Beats Pro, which can do like three lines of synthesis. And there's a Mother 32 that's also in the mix buried in it, along with an Arturia maybe um, going with a 6U Euro rack. Plus, we're affecting signals with the math utility module, which allows us to do some really cool um, sound uh, manipulation of, of the sound coming through the Euro rack. And my DFAM, my Mother 32 will all go through the Euro rack. And I have a Pittsburgh modular 2x4 mixer that allows me to you know, change the levels of the mix on the Euro rack before it even gets to my dual mixer setup. Which I said before, I use a dual mixer setup with the MX1 performance mixer from Roland, uh, being used to take mono signals and turn them into stereo signals, and also apply effects. And in addition, I use the Zoom R24 to do the to the um, initial recording to SD Wave uh, files, 24 bit, 44.1 megahertz, and I also um, do the sonic profiling on the Zoom twenty four twenty four, 24 and do a master, initial master on the R24. Final master is done at landr.com who is my publisher for all family, like ghost music. And, uh, that's how I tend to, uh, set up everything that I do is do that type of hardware workflow with these hardware scents. So the hardware sense run through this hardware workflow where I can master everything, initial master, on hardware, on r 24 from zoom and i previously used an r16 but the r24 has a lot deeper headroom so getting back into the actual song the idea that tennyson had this little death idea which i've used in my poetry and my music for several years it's something i've been very enamored with ever since i read uh you know lord byron and his his poetry and i think uh it's really a good uh, way to kind of mask what you're talking about initially and put a little mystery into what you're saying. And then and there's a lot of mystery in this song. It's like I kind of mask Josephine's voice. You can maybe hear her talking about this, but it's not super clear. you got your headphones to really understand it. And then, then you can just actually just listen to the song without really listening to the lyrics. If you just listen into to it, on the open air, but if you put the headphones on, you can start to decode what Josephine's saying. And, I you know, that maybe is making a listener do a little too much work, but a lot of times with music, uh, it's kind of rewarding. It's like when you read Paradise Lost, that's not easy to read. And so I'm kind of coming from this kind of romantic poetry uh, zone where I kind of want the listener to do a little work and figure out what, what we're talking about. And sometimes it's real clear what we're doing and we make it very clear to hear the vocals of the song. We kind of mask things. It goes back to, you know, my love of uh, indie music. You go back to REM. Some people would say that REM, um, the, the classic REM where you really couldn't understand Michael Stipe, you had to kind of imagine what you thought he was singing or singing, was, was really awesome in, in a way because it's very atmospheric, very innovative, very experimental, was the essence of college radio early albums, Murmur, Songs um, uh, of the Reconstruction. You know, these those are you know, those albums, Fables of the Reconstruction, I, they were just, you know, I think classic. I still love the kind of mystery that Michael Stein put around those albums. We would sit there listening to them and I used to listen to them on vinyl. Um, and we would just sit there really intent on the whole record. Uh it was you know, an experience, and it's very interesting. A lot of people today was like, "Why well, I can't understand what somebody's saying." People can say that about Dylan. You know, Dylan has a very unique vocal style. Some people either love it or they hate it. He has multiple voices, and sometimes he could really sing, like on "Nashville Skyline." You got some really awesome singing, uh, and other times he does this kind of characterization. Even at the beginning, he was like a clone to Arlo Guthrie and Woody Guthrie. Uh He could kind of. A chameleon, then he came onto his own. He found his own voice he went, he, with the band, uh, Blonde on Blonde, and, you know a lot of really awesome material he did. Um, and then you get a reinvention with, you know, Tangled Up in Blue, um, and he, he continually reinvented himself. He worked with you know, he worked with uh, Dire Straits, Infidels, um, Mark Knopfler. He really. To me, it was like, you know, a pure musician. Hendrix was totally enamored with Dylan, you know, all along the Watchtower, his version, you know, even Dylan thought was was superior in, in Sonic uh, creation, but the lyrics are just, you know, if you're going to be a lyricist, you have to look at Dylan, whether you like his voice or not, you just just to understand how to write songs at that level. And then, you know, if you want to get into alternative music, I think, you know, Alex Chilton and Lou Reed are really good examples of, of you know, indie songwriting uh, and, and actually bringing feeling and meaning and atmosphere to music. You know, I, I, these are really like my heroes. You know, I, I, I've always talked about the other influences like Sun Ra, you know, John DeCash, um, Prince, you know, Hendrix, some classic rock influences I think that you can bring to the modern day song development. And when you take everything that's out there, the best of everything, I mean, it's, there are hip hop aspects of some of the stuff I do because of do spoken word kind of beat poetry. A lot of what the ghost does is kind of just, you know, not as much sing, but um, actually spoken word, you know, vibing to sound pains is what the ghost does. And we feel that, um, we like to express ideas and concepts that can be understood, um, as, as like, a, like a movie script. And we had talked about in a previous episode that we worked with Metaflow, on a wounded room. And, and she had actually created a, a full script for a short film. And we, converted into a song and you know, had a lot of cinematic uh, theatrical elements that you could kind of picture the scene. And that is the goal, of, I think, a lot of songwriters is to put you into a scene, put you into um, a little, you know, sonic play and kind of show you a protagonist and antagonist in the plot and, and, the, and the overall idea. By time to get to the end of the song, you know what the story was about. And that is a lot of what we try to do. This song is not as much of a story as a feeling of uh, describing sexuality and the masking that people do and the the hidden um, passion in in that. And the romantic poets were really, you know, total masters of that. And this song is just a little tiny piece of, of romantic poetry, um, concepts and ideas a little bit. Uh, I have other songs that are quite deeper into, um, explaining it. This is more just a feel, um, of, of that type of passion. But now we'll get to our business aspect. We are now fan supported. Uh, you can subscribe to Anchor. Um, we have been putting on the table that we have, CDs on amazon.com of our first three Phantom Electric ghost albums, um, something wicked, Indigo Menace and Sanstasia Sweet and the OSL surrender. If subscribers uh, subscribe to the $4.99 and $9.99 um, subscription and you, you know, continue that subscription, we will provide you with a copy of those records. If you provide us with your information of of you know, relying on you giving us the information. So if you don't give us your information to, to mail it, then you won't be able to get that, but if you want to support the ghost either way, that is something that would be very uh, helpful to us because we want to bring in, uh, additional, uh, co-host. We want to be able to interview more artists. We want to be able to try to bring in a video version of the show on Facebook. We want to potentially even interview people at, at gigs and be able to get to the gig and interview an artist. Um, and so that is our future vision. And we're also looking, like I said, for our co-host to be able to interview the bands on our other part, of other show that we do on, um, Anchor is we interview indie artists from around the world, multiple genres, not just electronic music. Uh, we interview actors and models. And, you know, creators like turnerbello.com, who actually created our first, or created an album cover for us when we did the All Control K family, like Ghost Album 2 In Venom, which is still out there on all platforms. And uh, Turnerbello is also working on our Dark Ghost album. But we've kind of put that on hold until we can um, get a deal to create the CD's and the vinyl, we're trying to see if we can get a label to help us with that before we put all of our own money into it. Um, and so we've been focusing on just single releases that we've got um, a sequenced version of Dark Ghost on SoundCloud. That is pretty much what the album is going to be. But the full package would be CDs with liner notes and art um, and the vinyl would be a bigger project. It would probably be vinyl releases over time because the vinyl would be, um, a different experience, but it would be multiple vinyl albums part, you know, in parts to match up to the CD because this album is about two hours long. It would take a lot of vinyl to, to fill that up. And it would be, once we started, you'll be, it would be vinyl releases of dark Ghost for like a year or more. Um, and so this is, uh, where we are as the Ghost. we're doing a lot of cool things. We're going to be interviewing Kendra Black again. she got a brand new record coming out. We have a bunch of other people on deck to interview. We're hoping to collaborate with some other artists. Uh, we're in negotiations with different artists to do collaborations and work together with different people. If people are interested in working with the Electric Ghost, if you like what we do, uh, get on Anchor. Favorite us on Anchor. You can send us a voice memo. You can send us a note through our Instagram, which is expansive underscore sound underscore experiments. And we can work together like we did with several artists we've done uh, work for. So if you want to get into that, let us know. We'll put a little note on this broadcast to talk about you know how you should contact us and get you know going on what we think is a really good experience uh, to the sheer ideas and concepts in music mm-hmm. in the community and kind of pay it forward, uh, and support each other as indie artists. And, you know, our overall goal eventually is to build a recording studio in New Hampshire, uh, to give people a different environment to go to, to record. Uh, we want to expand our expansion sound experiment studio into a full studio, um, and have a lot of really cool gear, including like Moog, you know, system, 33s and 55s, uh, Neve. Uh, analog sound board equipment, um, a, a, a real sound stage to play on and potentially have concerts and do filming from from it's our overall concept They were hoping to uh, put together. It's a dream. Uh, whether or not uh, you know dreams come true, you, you have to put the energy into it. We've been able to get out here and be doing this work, and so we believe that our future vision will come to pass. Uh, there are always hiccups in the road, but you just keep um, you know, nose to the ground, grindstone and you just keep on doing what you're gonna do and you can get there. So thank you for listening and pay it forward. If you like an artist, you know, let other people know about it, favorite them, forward them, you know, buy their merch, show up at their concerts, let artists know you like them. Uh, that, that lets us know that we're doing the right thing. Thank you.